Hello and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host. Typically, this podcast is about talking about education and kids from both a parent and a teacher perspective. And you can look back on the library of whatever app you're listening to this on and see about 70 topics that I've talked about since February. But we're taking a little walk through a winter wonderland for these series of episodes that have spanned about two weeks. It is the 12 Days of Christmas Arguments, and we're on day nine today. And the argument will be, what is the best Christmas tradition? You know, a few years ago, I had a student ask me, hey, Mr. Cullen, what's your background? And I knew what he was driving at, and I just said, I'm 100% American. And he looked at me, and he's like, you're completely Native American like the American Indians? And I was like, no. No, I'm 100% American. And he was a little frustrated, and he said, no, no, I mean, what's your ancestry? I'm like, well, that's, what does that have to do with it? And he was getting a little more frustrated, and I said, well, listen. I go, my ancestry? I'm part Irish, part Italian, and part Ukrainian. My parents were born here, and their parents were born here, except for my grand- one grandmother. The Cullen side of my family has been here from before the Revolution. I, I don't speak any of those languages. I speak I only speak English. So I don't see why I wouldn't say anything else then I'm 100% American. I mean, we don't even do cultural things from my Irish, Ukrainian, or Italian background. Unless you count that when I went over my Italian grandmother's house for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, you would have a turkey or you would have a ham, but you always had a pasta dish. Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? Fan School. Fan School is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of FanSchool as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on FanSchool. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. So this is day nine of the 12 days of Christmas arguments on the parent-teacher conference podcast, and we're going to be talking about Christmas traditions. And some of you from the beginning of this episode are probably already asking, wait a minute, you're Italian and you never did the seven fishes on Christmas Eve? And that's what I mean. Like I said, I, I was raised in American culture. I remember bringing a girl home from college. Her parents immigrated from Norway, and so... They did, you know, obviously a lot of Norwegian culture was infused into her upbringing. So as we were driving, she was asking, you know, about 
my ancestry and you know i mentioned italian my mom was part italian and part ukrainian and she goes oh your mom must make a you know a wonderful sauce like a tomato sauce tomato gravy and i go yeah she does i mean she makes her own i you know on saturday morning i remember waking up to the smells of it cooking but i said to her but i i don't think she makes the tomato sauce because she's italian I think she makes it because she, she enjoys making it, and it tastes good. So we, I still remember as we get to the house, and I introduce her to my mom, and they start shooting the breeze, and she asks her. She goes, oh, Kevin says you're part Italian. She goes, oh, my mother is. And she goes, you must, you know, so you must make a lot of Italian food. And my mom laughed and said, well, I do make Italian food. But it's not because I'm Italian. It's because I like the taste and I like cooking it. And I, it this was before cell phones. I couldn't text her this. I just look at the girl and I said, I told you. I mean, so, and that's where I'm, so I don't do the seven fish. I can't even tell you what it's like because I've never experienced it. And I grew up in a very heavily Italian area. You know, I think of all my friends, there might be, one that did not have any Italian in his ancestry out of like 10 guys. So, but I know that's big in the Italian culture. That's what I mean by we're going to talk about what is the best Christmas tradition. And I'm not going to say the seven fishes because I never experienced it. Plus, I wouldn't say it because I wouldn't be able to eat that much fish in a night. Although people do it, and they probably really enjoy it because they cook it really well. Uh, but if you have an argument about this, I would love to hear it. You know, if you saw this on Twitter, just put a comment. Or if you saw it on Facebook, post a, a comment. Or email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Parent, P as in parent, T as in teacher, C as in conference, ptcpodcast411, all one word, at gmail.com. And I'm surprising. I'm doing this pretty quickly after I created the the best Christmas movie, and thankfully so far I have not received any criticism. I said in that episode there are three big ones, and it, they are National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, and the one I chose, A Christmas Story. And so far so good. Nobody has yelled at me yet, but I'm sure if people listen to it, they're probably angry I didn't choose uh, the Chevy Chase Christmas vacation vacation or um, Elf, Will Ferrell's brilliant performance in Elf. But my sister, I mean, she didn't even have to listen to the episode. She couldn't have. I posted on Facebook to my friends, a personal one. I said, hey, listen to this. And I said, to keep in good graces this holiday season, I have to go, you know, I have to choose the movie I chose, or my sister and her family would hate me, or something to that effect. And my sister privately messaged me a picture of her whole family, her, her husband, my niece and my nephew, and my niece and nephew at this point are in their 20s. And my nephew's like, if you heard the episode, I tell you, my nephew's like 6'5", he's huge. And they're all in the pink rabbit sleeper. So... It's a funny picture. She knew. When she read it, she knew that I had picked a Christmas story just by the fact I said 
I have to keep in their good graces, and that's why I chose the one I chose. But if you have arguments about Christmas traditions, please let me hear them. So the first one I'm going to bring up is the Christmas tree. And, you know, it's not the best. It's a great tradition. I, you know, when I was young, we always had artificial trees, and I always wanted a real one. I remember my mom saying, well, when you get your own place, you can get your own Christmas tree, a real one. I'm not cleaning up the needles every day. So when I got my first apartment, guess what? I went out on my own. I was a single guy, and I bought a Christmas tree. I did it every year, even when I was single. I just, I love the smell of them. It, again, it brings you into the holiday spirit, you know, putting lights and garland around the tree. And that tradition continued with my wife. My wife also loved the aspen. She really loves the Christmas tree. And one of her joys in life, I don't know if you're like her, but one of her joys in life is turning the lights off in the living room, watching her Hallmark Christmas movies or whatever station she watches them on now. There are several different ones. Lights off, watching a Christmas movie with the Christmas tree lights lit up. I mean, for her, you know, drinking a hot chocolate or coffee, for her, that is just peace. So, yeah, the Christmas tree, great tradition. Not a, you know, I'm a fan, not the best. I remember cutting one down one year. It's when I knew I was getting old. So I'm on the ground. I have the saw. I'm cutting, cutting, cutting. And these two young guys, they look like maybe seniors in high school, maybe first or second year college. And they're seeing me struggling. And I was in my 40s at this point. And I think my oldest was a little baby. And they just look at me and they go, hey, sir, do you need some help? And I did. I was like, you hear me? You hear me? I'm like, yeah. But what it turned out was, you know, we don't get a big tree. Back then, we were getting maybe an eight-foot tree because we had nine-foot ceilings in my old house. What had happened was right at the ground level, you know, we saw the trunk, and I was like, it's not that big of a trunk. I don't know why it's taking forever to cut it. And it, when, you, when we finally got it cut, the two guys, and they even switched. I mean, it showed you that it was maybe the saw blade was dull, but when we got it finally cut, where the trunk went into the ground, you can see that it widened. So, And it was almost double the diameter of the trunk that we were watching. And, and we just, myself and the two, other, two guys, two young guys just laughed. But it did make me feel old for the first time in my 40s. That, that was the first realization that you're no longer a spring chicken. And of course, another holiday tradition is mistletoe. I've never kissed a girl under the mistletoe. In fact, I never even kissed my wife under the mistletoe. I should change that this year, I guess. Getting old, I got it. that's something like a bucket list thing. I remember we were walking, my friend Bobby and I were walking in our college one day through the main lounge, and there was this beautiful, sweet girl that we, we were friends with, and she was, beautiful. The type of girl that was beautiful inside and out. And we knew she had dated somebody on campus for a good while. And as we're walking through, she's she's talking to a group of friends. We're not even in the group. We're just passing through. And as we get to where they're sitting on the couches, she just says, I've never kissed, I've never kissed a boy under the mistletoe. And my friends and I had just turned towards her. And it was just like, look, like, what? And she saw us, and she starts laughing. We're laughing. There's actually a video, because I had a video camera, where we asked the girl, um, 
So, is it true that you've never been kissed under the mistletoe? And she's, like, laughing at us. And I turn to my friend Bobby, who was with us again. He goes, I go, hey, Bobby, maybe it could be you. And he looks at, looks at her, looks in the camera, goes, I hope not. And, again, she is, I mean, we're just busting on her. And But, it, yeah, mistletoe, you know, I got to be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't want somebody to invade my personal space, meaning that if it's somebody I want to kiss... Oh, absolutely. But I would feel kind of awkward if you had a kiss. I mean, I understand it's kind of a flirt, flirty thing. So mistletoe, not a fan unless it's somebody I want to kiss. And at this point in my life, the only person that I'm kissing on the lips is my wife. Another, this one I love is a tradition. I don't see it anymore. And we used to live on a main county road that the speed limit was 45 miles an hour and there was no sidewalks. We, we live now in a cul-de-sac with in a community with houses all around, but you still don't see it. And it's Christmas carolers. I remember every Christmas Eve, we would go to my aunt's house. And around 8 o'clock or so, there would be a knock at the door. And they had a enclosed front porch so we would all go out to the front porch there was the door and there was windows all around and there were a few families of carolers I mean they weren't dressed up in what you would see on a Christmas car they were dressed up in what was just the what was the fad of Christmas clothing they had Christmas hats on and they would sing a song and or two and of course always end up with we wish you a Merry Christmas I remember looking, even as a kid, I looked forward to that. That was part of the fun of Christmas. And I always wanted to carol, but nobody else was big on that. It was too cold and they couldn't sing. But it was enjoyable to see this. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should just get my family together. Although I don't think, I know of two of my four family members. One, there's, I gotta be the only one. My youngest daughter, I think, would do it with me. But I don't think I'm getting the wife and the oldest daughter to do it. But if we had like a, I mean, I know a family around the corner from us that I think um, they would be on board. And maybe that's the way to do it. Get a couple of families. Let's go around the neighborhood singing Christmas carols. But I just think that's it's a great holiday tradition. It, it, it brought the sense of community. And we've been talking about that. If you've listened to the other episodes, how Christmas is the time for people to get together. Usually families, families that are apart. It's a running theme in movies and in songs. And a Christmas cowl represents that, right? It represents members of the community making connections with other members of the community as they go around singing songs. Now, I earlier in the podcast, I talked about the Italian tradition of the seven fish on Christmas Eve. And I'm going to bring up another tradition from another country. And there's several we can talk about, but the one that I think is that I was introduced to by an episode, a Christmas episode of The Office. And I and I need to say this. If any TV show, truly, it seemed like they spent all year thinking, what are we doing for the Christmas episode this year? And it was always very different. It's The, the Office. The Office has some great Christmas episodes. I, maybe, maybe tomorrow I do the best 
Christmas TV episodes. I don't know. I, I, I actually, I gotta be honest. I know what the twelfth day of Christmas is gonna be, and and I, anyway, but The Office did Dwight, who is Pennsylvania Dutch, he's like German background. He introduces the workers in the office to Belschnickel. Again, Belschnickel comes out of Germany, Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Dutch who are German, they're because Deutschland. Um, so they bring it over with them. And he's a, he's a partner with St. Nicholas. He's, in, you know, it's the, it's actually the idea of like Santa leaving coal for the bad kids. But instead of leaving coal, Belschnickel's job is to go around telling each kid either if they've been good or as Dwight said, admirable or impish. And if they're impish, they get whacked with a little switch, like a little tree limb, and not tree, yeah, branch, tree branch. I'm thinking tree limb. That would that would kill somebody. Um, little tree branch and kind of get they you know, tapped with it to say that you have been impish or bad. Of course, Dwight plays this up with Jim, his main adversary and one of his best friends in the office, by always saying that he's impish. So. It was fun to be introduced to that. I had never heard that before, honestly. And here I am, a history teacher. I had no clue about Belschnickel until... So thank you, office, for teaching me about Belschnickel. Now, Santa isn't the best tradition. Because Santa's not a tradition. Um, Santa's real. So we're going to leave it as Santa is not a the best Christmas tradition because he's Santa Claus. He's just Santa Claus. But the best Christmas tradition... I'm going to go with the advent calendar. And some of you might be listening to that going, wait, what? Really? The advent calendar? It just seems so, uh. Well, hear me out. You know, my, my daughters have an advent calendar. You know, my wife put different candies in each day. And, and even my high school daughter, like, she enjoys waking up in the morning and grabbing that piece. I remember the other day she... She grabbed it like at six in the morning, starts eating her chocolate for the day. I'm like, really? Chocolate in the morning? And she goes, it's in the advent calendar, Dad. So, but the reason I think that the advent calendar is you get a small taste, a small treat for the 24 days leading up till Christmas. And then when you get all, so each day, if you haven't done an advent calendar, quick summary. Yeah, there's... Typically a little pouch with a little gift in it, usually a little piece of candy. So day one, you eat it, day two. And as each day you can see, you're getting closer and closer to Christmas Day on December 25th. And like it's called, it's called an advent calendar. And truly, it connects, I think for most people, it's about waiting till Santa comes. I remember when I was a kid, my mom had, had made an ad. She actually made the advent calendar. And what she did was, they were like these little pieces of yarn that on, it was shaped in a, as a shape of a Christmas tree. It was felt, made in the shape of a Christmas tree. And you had to get down to the bottom. And each day she tied, for each day she tied a Tootsie Roll. And you untied a Tootsie Roll and eat it. And what I did was, to make, feel, make it feel like it was going faster, I wouldn't take a Tootsie Roll each day. I would wait, like the first week I wouldn't take any. Then, on the, like the seventh day, I would untie seven. 
And it would look, ooh, wow, it's a re- look how cl- much closer we are to Christmas and Santa coming and me getting that Atari 2600. But really, that's not the intention of the advent calendar. It wasn't to ha- the hope for Santa to come. It's the hope for the baby Jesus. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Advent is. Advent is the, for, for, in Christianity, is the idea that God was preparing the world for the birth of the Son of God, for Jesus. And you see that in the Old Testament. And you see that in the hope of the Jewish people for their Savior, their Messiah to come. And thus, Advent is supposed to be weeks of waiting and anticipation and hope for the celebration, which is the birth of Jesus. So, why I am choosing the Advent calendar is that if you want to do it totally in the fun and secular way of Christmas, you can. You can definitely do it with just... This is so you have anticipate and hope for the coming of Santa Claus on Christmas Day. But you can also do it and tie in, if you're a Christian, you can tie it back to, you know, Santa's coming on Christmas Day, but why are we celebrating Christmas? What is it in our faith that makes this such an important holiday? And why was Jesus coming such a big deal to us as Christians? For its ability to seamlessly tie together the Santa and the Jesus parts of Christmas, the secular and the religious, into one and teach a lesson about hope and anticipation, the Advent calendar is the best Christmas tradition. Thank you for joining me on the Parent-Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends, They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students, but good parents love those students, their children, deeply.